You're listening to The Caffeine Chronicles with your host, author, and storyteller, Lucy LeMay Chalucci. Tune in for coffee chats and interesting guest interviews as we explore the moving parts of mental health, marriage, parenting, self-love, pursuing our passions, and everything else that goes into creating a joyful life of intention. So go pour yourself a fresh cup and grab those cozy socks. Get ready to dive into all things related to lattes, longings, and leaning into life's challenges. Good morning, and welcome to week nine of quarantine isolation. Everybody still living the dream out there? Oh, of course you are. Well, I am broadcasting to you today from the storyteller's closet. Now, I'm usually hanging out in the kitchen but my closet is functioning as a recording studio these days, so this is where I'm chilling out as I reach to you today and launch the first ever episode of the Caffeine Chronicles podcast. Yay! Oh, thank you very much. So, here we are in this very strange time. For me personally, as is the case with many people of my generation and younger, This is the first global crisis that we've lived through that has touched so many lives on so many levels. We have been cut off from our social interactions. Many of us have had our household income slashed. Our leisure activities have come to a grinding halt. Basically, we've watched the construct of the lives we've created for ourselves dissolve in front of our eyes. Most people in our modern society define their identities by what they do. Now here we find ourselves in a situation where all of that is stripped away and that has left many of us struggling to find a sense of purpose and normalcy in this strange limbo-like landscape. Our lives, as we've known them to be, won't return for quite a while. We're playing the long game here. And this pandemic is probably one of the most poignant lessons on human resiliency that we will ever receive. It is teaching us a lot about our own species. Now, making and releasing this podcast is something that has been in my long-term business plan for at least the last nine months. And for those of you who are brand new to me, I am a self-published author. I have a book that came out at the end of November 2019 called You Are Here, The Struggling Woman's Guide to Reclaiming Happiness. And its focus is mainly on the subject of female empowerment and how critical it is for women who are raising families to adopt a more sustainable practice of self-care. But I've had single women and even some men who read my book and reached out to me to let me know that they found it relatable on the subjects of handling anxiety and depression and living a life of intention. So that was pretty cool for me to learn that my message had value for multiple audiences. And here we are in another situation that affects everyone, regardless of age, race, or gender. We truly are all in this together, as the famous tagline of the pandemic suggests. Ironically, the best way we can band together is to remain apart. Anyone else notice the contradiction in that one? Comedians must be having a heyday with this. But let's get back to the podcast here. Initially, it felt like an incredibly awkward time to forge ahead with this plan and start recording and releasing episodes while we're in the middle of this pandemic, because let's face it, there are several things that are higher than book promotion on the priority list these days. 
But I've been speaking with so many people throughout this ordeal that have been confessing to me that they're struggling severely with issues like depression and anxiety over the impact that the pandemic has been having and possibly will continue to have upon their lives for at least the next calendar year. And I've got to tell you guys, I've had my own dark night of the soul moments where I found myself giving in to despondency, and that's not a good feeling by any means. It is, how the cool kids say, full of suck. So I decided that I would go ahead and launch this podcast even now and dedicate my debuting episodes to discussing ways we can best manage ourselves during this most difficult period and find a little piece of sanity to hang on to amidst a world that is rapidly changing. So please, my friends, consider yourself cordially invited to the first of a three-part series on surviving the crisis of our COVID-19 pandemic. Together, we will examine all the aspects of maintaining our well-being, the physical, the mental, and emotional that affects our outlook on life and determines how we will respond in times of hardship. So go grab yourself a coffee, get all cozy, and get ready to dive in on how we can inoculate ourselves with resiliency to help us fight off not only the physical symptoms of the novel coronavirus, but also the mental health implications that many of us are experiencing. All this and more, right after the commercial break. It's week eight of the pandemic quarantine, and you've been in sweatpants and pajama bottoms for weeks now. Everyone around you is stressing, but not you. You've got Netflix and a fresh pan of nachos on standby. Oh yeah, you've got this. Everything is chill. That is, until you try to put on a pair of jeans, your pants have experienced spontaneous shrinkage, a common side effect of living through a pandemic. Don't stress, it's not you, it's your pants. They suck. You need a quick and effective solution to manage this problem. You need Stretchies. Stretchies are made of 100% ethically sourced fibers of something flexible. They instantly provide you with the confidence you need to sit comfortably in your treasonous outside world pants. Simply cut an inverted triangle shape into your pants, attach the self-adhering Velcro tabs into the sides, and pop in the Stretchies accommodation band to the front, sit comfortably in any position, and resume saving the world by sitting on your couch. Stretchies is available in three fun shades, Ghetto Beige, House of Commons Beige, and Call Me an Astronaut because this is out of this world beige. Your pants may have let you down, but Stretchies will let you out. With Stretchies, you don't have to choose between going big or going home. You can have both. Stretchies, fatten the curve. Okay, so you're all a fairly smart bunch here, and as such, you may have noticed that wasn't actually a real commercial. And there are two reasons for this. The first is because I don't actually have anybody that is interested in advertising with me at this time. As I mentioned earlier, this is my very first show ever. Yay! Thank you. And I can say with complete confidence to myself and the four people listening that anonymity brings freedom. Mm-hmm. 
That's right, my show. I can do whatever I want. It's great. And the second reason I did this is because I was actually hoping to get a little chuckle out of you there. It has been my long-standing experience that humor is an excellent diffuser in tense situations. The simple act of laughing releases many of the feel-good endorphins into our bloodstream and plays a valuable role in boosting our moods, immune system, and promoting overall feelings of wellness. Given our current circumstances, that sounds like a boatload of value to me in the mental health department. And that's something that I, personally, have been making a great effort to include in my time at home. At least once a week, my husband and I sit down to watch a stand-up comedy act on Netflix or some funny videos we can download from YouTube or anything we can watch that'll bring us a laugh. I find I'm always in a much better place after a good laugh. And for me, this is one of the biggest coping skills I have in my toolkit. And this brings me to today's guest, who will be exploring the Surviving Crisis series with me and has a fully stocked toolkit of her own. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Karima Lassin of Gilmore Psychological Services in Ottawa, Ontario. Dr. Lassin is a practicing psychologist who is an expert in the mental health field and is joining us remotely today to examine the ways in which our mental health has been affected by the COVID-19 crisis. Dr. Lassin's research areas of expertise include fostering resilience, strength-based counseling, and positive psychology. In 2019, she delivered the keynote address for the Resilience Conference hosted by the Ontario Psychological Association. And today, she will share her expertise on what we can do to prevent ourselves from succumbing to depression and anxiety during this stressful time. Dr. Lucene, welcome to the Caffeine Chronicles. Oh, yes. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's great to be here this afternoon. Oh, the pleasure is mine. How have you been keeping with uh, everything that has been going on in the past few weeks? Um, I've been managing, I think, uh, probably similar to most people, getting into adjusting to this new normal uh, that we're having to face uh, with all the uncertainty. Uh, but um, I've been well, my family's been well, and uh, we've been heeding all the advice and staying home. And um, so that's uh, so far so good. Oh, excellent. Good to hear. And have you also done the online pivot? Uh, yes, absolutely. So I've um, uh, totally converted over my practice at this point to both telephone appointments and virtual video conferencing sessions. And uh, it's been a learning curve, but it's actually going quite well. And, um, you know, I'm thinking once we're through this, I, I plan to keep a little bit of that as well, uh, because it, it does uh, improve accessibility for others who may not be able to make it in to see me as well. So Okay, so you're still uh, able to continue um, uh, meeting with, with patients online. So um, you would be a good person to ask how you've seen the global pandemic crisis affect the mental health of, of people in our corner of the world. What, what is it that you see the stress, um, how does it manifest into human behavior? Well, I can see there's been a few things. Initially, uh, when this was first starting, uh, the clients um, were reporting just that feeling of uh, 
of the stress and not knowing what to do and more confusion. Um, and there was uh, an increase in the um, behaviors around uh, collecting as many items as possible. You remember those trips to the grocery store and we, we went through that phase initially. So, and that would be a natural thing to do when there's a sense of threat coming. Um, and so what I did, I have found though, is it has been very stressful because this situation itself, um, it creates, um, I guess the top three uh, areas where we, we do feel the most stress is when we're feeling that, uh, or we know a situation is ambiguous. So it's open to different interpretations. And this is the situation with the COVID-19. And also it's new or novel. And, uh, and they also the fact that they're working on a vaccine. Mm -hmm. and the unpredictability of it. So those three, the ambiguity, the novelty, and the unpredictability of it create a lot of stress in individuals under any condition. So this is ripe for that. So when people are, uh, a lot of the clients I've been seeing are exhibiting their symptoms and, and it is quite normal to be feeling that right now. In a nutshell, is that what was behind the early uh, toilet paper hoarding behavior that we saw? Exactly. We resorted back to, to collect as much as we can for uh, if we feel that there's a threat. So um, it does trigger that response. And you've probably heard of this, the fight, flight, and um, freeze response. And so that, uh, that uh, was a... I would say a normal response to that. It seems to have settled down quite a bit though since then. Yes, well now we've got some regulations and routines in place and um, I have to just give a shout out right now to the amazing workers uh, at the grocery stores and the, uh, the drug stores and uh, the, the LCBO, uh, like you go in there and they've, they've got such a, a system down, you know, with how many people they're letting in and arrows marked on the store where, how to, you know, travel and make your way through the aisles up to cash, the, the social distancing yeah. on the floor. Like they, they could not have done a better job keeping things uh, in an orderly fashion and uh, helping us to stay safe. So yeah. And, and in doing that, it's, I've noticed that in doing that, that it creates a sense of calm because they've created this, the orderliness and it is organized even in the midst of what we're going through. We know in that sense what to expect. So they're removing from the unpredictability to the predictability. So that helps to have some more control in uh, our environment. For sure, for sure, I can I can see that that certainly made uh, a change even just in my own stress level. How I feel when I'm when I'm going in to to places because you know it's inevitable at some point we have to leave our homes and go do a supply run. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and it's uh, and it's interesting the shift in what that's doing to us now when we do go out and what it feels like to be out and uh, the impact it is having on people. And we'll have to see how that is after uh, once we move through it and we're able to go back out and, and uh, reconnect in some way with others, um, what that will do um, to some individuals. And um, I anticipate it may cause some stress for others. Oh, I would imagine for, for sure it would. So, um, from a professional standpoint, what sort of advice would you offer people who are living through this crisis and struggling with the sort of despair that this particular situation has visited upon us? 
Um, I'm looking for some ideas of ways we can help to safeguard our mental health during this turbulent and uh, ever-changing landscape. What I uh, do say um, to my clients um, is that however we react, whatever feelings come up, it's normal because it's an abnormal situation. So those feelings of despair, the feelings of um, worry, of uh, panic, grief, loss, those are all normal feelings and so they need to be validated. We do some self-validation or if our loved ones are experiencing that, say, yeah, that's okay. It's, it's okay to feel that, just to be with that. And um, because it is a really challenging time. Having said that, so no feelings are wrong, actually. So, but so though, but when those two, it's in a situation where we would expect to to feel those. So when they do come up, allow them to be there, feel them, breathe through them, notice them. Um, so I wouldn't say you know set up a campsite and pitch a tent and uh, be there for too long in the emotions, uh, but just to let them breathe through them. One of the things that I've found that has helped. Uh, my clients and even including in my own practice during the day is three things that I like to consider just to ensure a sense of balance in three areas of life. And the first one that I uh, try to do at least once a day under this category is commitment. And commitment has anything to do with achievement-oriented activities. Could be work, like working from home, a task, paying a bill, just doing some chores around the house, anything that's on your to-do list. So it's important to look at trying to get one of those things at least done a day. The second C is connection. And that involves connection to yourself, for one thing. You'll, uh, and now we're having a lot more time to get to know ourselves. Um, and also connection to others um, through um, safe means, through the telephone, uh, video, um, and safe dis distancing. And also connection that you have to other things, if you're religious or spiritual or to nature. Anything that can make you just uh, step outside of yourself for a bit. The third one is care or self-care, so caring for oneself. And those are all the things that we want to do to make sure that we're well-rested, uh, we're eating well, and um, looking after our hygiene, um, clean clothes, changing out of our clothes, just regular routines, um, and pampering ourselves. That also includes self-compassion and caring and using very gentle and kind words. If we feel that we haven't completed all the so-called tasks that we had to do in the day, we want to go a little bit easier on ourselves because it really is, it's a traumatic time. Mm -hmm. um, it's the only way I can really say it. Uh, we're in the middle of it. And so we have to really just look after ourselves that way. So the three C's, which would be connection, caring and commitment okay and those are three the three c's we want in our toolkits to help build resilience yes uh, there, there are a number of others but these are the three to help balance out your day to day existence so if you create a routine and you reflect on the day you can say you know what areas was i able to touch on any of those areas or did i spend too much time on one and not the others and that'll let you know um 
next day I'll try to get back to balance and that'll help. Okay. And how important do you think it is that um, we establish some kind of household routine, however that looks right now? Um, it's crucial. It's crucial. Um, in any situation where there has been um, a crisis, a traumatic event, and this one is more long, well, it's not long term, but it's lasting longer. The main thing that we really need to do after that is to make sure we're in a safe location first and establish a routine for ourselves and our family members and have them work on that because it adds a sense of security to know what to expect. And um, so number one is that um, the, the routine. And also um, the other thing is to minimize exposure to, I know it's really important to keep uh, on top of the news um, and maybe to, to pick a reputable source and maybe have a few times a day, but to watch our, our news diet um, and what's coming at us through the social media means and that so that it doesn't activate us and get us uh, too upset and watching the children as well to see what they're uh, looking at. And um, so, yeah, the, again, the predictable routine maintains a sense of safety, control, and connections. I feel, um, I, I agree with you 100%, and I feel like that was something that we we had established early on in our household. We we came up with a, like a family schedule, Monday to Friday, of, you know, how the kids would continue their schoolwork and how uh, my husband and I would continue in doing our own work. And uh, that was helpful. But one stumbling block that we had run into was... Um, we're just not checking off as many items as we used to before, before this happened. Like I used to kind of just power through my day and now I'm realizing there's so many more things to juggle, like um, helping the kids stay on target with, with their work and uh, managing the, the social media consumption and the news, like you said, and we're trying to get outside every day and we're, we're eating more meals together. So we're cooking more. And I felt that uh, I was feeling a lot of frustration at the fact that I set out all these tasks to complete at the beginning of the week. And by the end of the week, you know, there was, there was a lot carrying over. So um, what, what would you say to, to people like me who are struggling with, um, I guess it's the, self, the, the sense of expectation of, of what should reasonably be accomplished during yeah. the time? Yeah, uh, first of all, I would want to slash that in half. So 50% at least Ooh. of what would normally be produced. Yeah, because we're in a state of intense stress we may not be exhibiting it right now but as you mentioned there's so many things we're having to look after uh, in the household all the uncertainties out there uh, will somebody get sick will they bring it in will you know all the other the, the worst case scenarios everything that goes with it so we really want to be gentle with ourselves so great to have the plan and have a routine and work towards it but if it is not all accomplished as it usually would under regular, you know, under the normal state of affairs, that's okay. That's where we have to have that caring and compassionate tone and say, I did what I could given everything and the limited amount of energy that's left because we're trying to also conserve our energy. Yeah, I find I am just, I am toast at the end of the day. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm done. It's just like, nope, it's, you know, mom yeah. is off duty. <laughs> Nine o'clock, it's finished. <laughs> There's no. Yes. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's around, uh, it's a good thing uh, to reestablish or to look at uh, one thing I do talk about with clients is our boundaries. Because mm -hmm. if we do tend to be helpers and we want to make sure everybody's okay and we overextend, we end up feeling worn out and resentful at the end. So we want to be able to pull back and say, this is what I'm able to do. And that's, that's okay. Because the rest of the time, I'm going to take for myself because that way I'll be in a better state for you tomorrow <laughs> when I see you tomorrow. Absolutely. And we'll be happy when we see each other tomorrow. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> for all the type A personalities out there and uh, perfectionists, we have to just dial it back and chill out with our expectations because uh, as you've pointed out, Dr. Lusane, we are in uh, survival mode right now. Yeah, and so it's survival mode, and it's moving from the doing mode to the being mode, and yet we're trying to still do things on the home front, but we're keeping ourselves, you know, safe and sheltered and secure, and so this is also a time, um, one of the things that has come to mind is, you know, the whole notion of planting a garden and uh, what you want to do during that time, um, planting the seeds. And it is one of the things that, even though it is a very difficult time, we have a lot of time on our hands, that's the one thing we do have, is to envision, well, what do I want to grow? What, how do I want my life to be when this, when we're through this? And so the analogy that I would use is when I'm planting my garden, what kind of soil am I going to use? I want to get the best soil and uh, the nutrients I want to put in there. So the nutrients I want to put into my body. And what seeds do I want to plant? How do I want to be? Do I want to still be that one that was running around like crazy um, and not taking time? Or do I want to be a little bit different now coming through this? What do I want to do to nurture and then once the garden is planted, tending to it, tending to myself. So this is a, and a metaphor and a imagery that I've been using a lot on myself and with my clients as we're getting through this. What do we want to grow from this? And what do we want to not grow? Oh, that's a beautiful imagery that you're your, this picture you're painting for us. And I believe this kind of parallels... Um, uh, methods that people were doing to get through another difficult period in history. Is that true? The yes, so of course. That, so this one links to um, the term the Victory Garden, which was used in, um, from what I understand, World War II. May have been World War I, but World War II. Um, many of the uh, uh, citizens, uh, because of the food shortages, and were also trying to help, uh, grew their own vegetable gardens and uh, were able to supplement their diet with that. Uh, there was also rationing going on and uh, it was a different state in the war, but this victory garden um, helped them to, to remain resilient, to find their strength and to be able to support themselves. And so I would wanna label this the victory garden, you know, really digging deep into our own resources, our own resilience, what's worked for us in the past, even having the time to examine times in our life where it has been challenging, but how we were able to overcome them. And what did we use? What were some of the tools? And who did we rely on? 
And uh, it's a good time to reflect on that. And that's what you'd want to put in your garden, in your victory garden. Oh, that's a beautiful, uh, hopeful message. And it, um, it inspires us to, to look to the other side of this and realize that uh, we are not the first ones who have gone through these periods of uh, enormous stress and had our, our, our way of, of living threatened. And uh, this yeah. war that we're in right now with the COVID-19 virus is, uh, it's waging war, I, I feel, um, particularly on our mental health. This is the thing I, I see people grappling with the most throughout all of this. And I think it's very important for us to um, have strong reminders that we, we can uh, incorporate the necessary tools to get us through this. Yes. And so with the mental health, so it's to keep an eye on what is working for us and also watching for the tendency towards, because um, there is the chance to, uh, we, our brains tend to have a negativity bias. That's just how we're wired. Mm -hmm. So to watch that closely to see that it doesn't move into the state of really low mood, catastrophic thinking for a long period of time thinking the worst is going to happen and just watching ourselves to see that we're not uh, going to there's these three areas we want to watch out for is whether something is permanent so I'm viewing this as a temporary situation even though it may seem like it's a while but in in terms of history it's temporary we will get through it and we will move through it so to guard against that sense that this is always going to be like this and then another one to watch for is pervasiveness where it's going to be like this everywhere and it's going to affect all areas of my life and i'm going to lose everything so to watch that type of thinking and to be able to you know keep it in check or challenge it or even be able to speak to somebody if you're noticing that that's happening Okay. Uh, yes. So those are the the red flag markers that perhaps uh, um, anxiety. Uh, yes, in terms of the thinking part of things. So the other one is physical symptoms. So those would be uh, um, really having a lot of difficulty sleeping more than usual. So um, insomnia, um, panicky feelings, panic attacks, increased heart rate, sweating. Um, palpitations, uh, feeling that the worst is going to happen, and um, irritability, uh, anger, um, just losing one's cool, even withdrawing and becoming very sullen and not, if one was quite verbal before and they've just retreated. So watch for that. Um, so keep an eye out on your family members and with children. With children, it's a little bit different. If they are down, you may see a little bit more of the irritability and uh, um, sort of uh, external outbursts and uh, just low frustration tolerance because it's very stressful for them as well. But just to keep an eye out if they start, you know, saying um, things that are concerning around um, that they feel hopeless and that they feel that there's nothing that can change and that they don't wish to be here anymore. So if there's any language like that, then it's where you need to be in contact with a professional right away or your family doctor. Sure. I mean, I, this situation is, is so taxing to adults. I can only imagine what it's like for children and adolescents who, uh, 
you know, don't don't have the tools to, to fully grasp the situation in its entirety, right? There's, yes, yeah, and, uh, and that's right. And so that's where they take their cues from us. So uh, if we've done a half decent job, you know, raising them, they, they have a sense of what the values are and where to go to to be able to feel comfortable enough to talk um, if things are on their mind. Um, with the, It depends on the age of the child, also the, the level of insight. If you have a child that asks a lot of questions and does their own research and they're quite scientifically minded, then I would give them some of the facts. But if they're quite young, you would just um, phrase it in a way that the, you know, the why, if they say, why do we have to do this mummy? And uh, uh, I would, what I would say is it's, uh, we're doing this so that we're helping um, the nurses and the doctors and all the, the helpers in the hospital so they can care for those who do get really sick. But a lot of people do not get very sick, but some do, and they need to be there. So we're doing our job by staying at home and helping them. I love that because that the way you've just framed that shifts the perspective of uh, what we're doing right now as something like uh, we're being victims of this situation and oh we have to stay home and we're prisoners and it makes it it, it shifts it so that we're modeling for our children. This is how we do our part. Yeah, yeah. This is how we help. This is our role, and this is this is how we in a situation where we don't have all the answers yet. They're coming. People and really smart people are working on them, and that's the exciting part. And so there's that sense of hope. It is coming, and to know that even though we don't see it, we know that people are working on this 24-7, and we will find a way through. So we just do our part and stay well and uh, mentally well and physically well and spiritually well, too. So these are the things we want to tap into, if we can, that we plant in our garden, our victory garden. Excellent. So um, I'm, I'm very curious to know this from you, because uh, we're talking about uh, being so hopeful right now. What do you see ahead for us as social beings once we're on the other side of this pandemic? Is, is there any positive or silver lining to our situation you can see that will serve us further on down the road? Right. So without trying to be overly positive because that you know can sound um like i'm minimizing it i don't want to minimize the seriousness and severity of what is going on but it is important to look at and we have that chance and every day i'm, I'm already starting this with myself and with clients is looking at the things that i am grateful for so a gratitude journal or even at the dinner table, what am I grateful for? And to help to see the silver lining in all of this, but going on to what do I see ahead for us? What is this appreciation, the deep appreciation for what we once had and the connection with others and just that eventually being able to hug somebody again, you know, and the, where it may have been taken for granted. And, um, and just, yeah. And even appreciating our work and uh, what well, we were doing. Leaving the house to do work. Yes, leaving the house to do work instead of, you know, griping about it. It's like, wow, I actually, I don't mind being in traffic, you know. Yeah. Um, true. That's see how that one goes. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, 
Yeah, so it's looking at that. And also the thing is, it's getting to know yourself and who you are and your values So, uh, and why we're here. And um, it's a chance that we've been, the universe has given this to us to, to stop and to reflect and to see what comes up and to see if what we were doing was right for us or if it was aligned with our values or if it wasn't. So for some, it may be a, a big shift. And for others, it may just reaffirm that what they've been doing is what they love and that they can get back to that. Because uh, often when we're too busy, we don't have time to really take a look at what we love and who we love. That's, that's true. And that is one thing for me personally that uh, this crisis has brought to light for me is I've really had the chance to sit down and examine my own level of busyness and all of the places in which I expend my energy. And I, I can see now which ones are, uh, are not as necessary or dire as I once thought. And I can see where, where it's more important for me to be putting my, my time and my energy. And I think that um, that information probably would not have come to me uh, if I was left to my own devices. So for that, yes. I am personally thankful. Yeah, it's, it's like it has to be experienced. If people tell us it won't, it doesn't have the same impact. We have to, we have ex we're experiencing it and we're still in it. So it'd be interesting to see how it is, um, you know, several weeks from now and um, how we're all doing. And um, we're speaking with that, uh, around that, on that topic, they, uh, to keep in mind for people, if they're having a really hard time, uh, with this after you know the period of time of being in isolation um there are supports available oh there are supports yep could you uh, could you speak to um a, a couple of the your uh, the, the top supports that come to mind when you're thinking of resources that people in our community can turn to okay so there are free resources uh for anybody so currently right now the one in our location would be a crisis line, so the distress center. Uh, the reason why I suggest the distress center is they can triage, so they have people there working 24-7, help you through a crisis, but they can also link you to um, all the other resources in the community depending on the issue. Um, if it's financial support, they can get you to the right place, so I think that would be a good place to start, uh, the distress center. And um, the other one is uh, the Mental Health Association, Canadian Mental Health Association is a great resource. Um, um, lots of, um, oh, if you go to their website, you'll find um, there's a lot available. What I will do, I do have several um, uh, different uh, uh, links and resources. I can, I will leave that with you, uh, Lucy, and um, so that um, the audience can have access to that oh. as well. That's fantastic. I will, uh, I will take all of your resources and I will put a, a link in the show notes. So anyone who's listening today who is struggling, um, you can go and find the uh, resource that is appropriate uh, for your situation and uh, hopefully get some help. Thank you so much, Dr. Lissane. That's wonderful of you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, there is one um, one specific group I wanted to touch on before we depart today because I've got um, I have some friends that uh, are struggling as single parents. Um, I feel like this this particular group is really feeling 
the isolation. It is very difficult to be on your own and, and uh, you know, be Marge in charge with children and uh, try to put on a brave face when you're dealing with all this fear. What would you say to, uh, to single parents who are feeling overwhelmed during this time? Okay. For this one, um, I would suggest that this is the time to look at your support network. Really, really look at it closely just to see who you can count on um, to call. Uh, if anybody can, if just to be able to lighten the load in any way. Um, if there's anybody you know that you can help you with getting your groceries or helping with um, somebody just to listen to you. Like, do you have at least one close friend that you can count on during times of distress? So that's going to be the biggest thing, even if they're on their own, just somebody to be able to just vent and knowing that the person doesn't have to solve the problem. That's not what it's about. It's just having an outlet. And also... Um, Looking at uh, how, as you mentioned, how am I providing support to others? Are there some areas where I can pull back on? Am I doing too much? And is there anything, depending on the age of my children, um, that they can learn to start doing for themselves and um, teaching them those skills and that sense of confidence and self-efficacy so they could do more for themselves? So it's a time to reflect on that but also look, taking stock of who could help family members, friends um, for emotional support, practical help, and even just for information. But as well, um, if you're finding, if a, a parent is finding that that's it, I can't cope, I'm at my wits end, call the distress center or contact um, a psychologist um, I'm open for business. I'm with Gilmore Psychological Services. We're available right now for telephone video appointments. And then once this is over, we'll be able to see you face to face. And there's also um, a number of other wonderful psychologists in the community. And uh, I'll leave that resource with you, Lucy, as well of, of how to find them. Okay, fantastic. This is some good stuff here. So we've got our three C's of building resilience, and we've talked about all the good things that we're going to uh, sow into our victory gardens to build our mental resilience, and some fantastic yes. ways to show up for our children and be present for them in ways that um, show them that we're, we're all human and we're all in this together, but ways that also help to bring comfort to them as well as ourselves. And uh, yes. a number of additional resources that we're going to be including in the show notes today. So this was such a uh, valuable chat that we've had together, Dr. Lissane. I want to thank you so much for making time to be with me here today. Oh, you're so welcome. Yes, you're welcome. The other thing I forgot to mention, humor. Yes, that's one of the, the, the key things in resilience. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> We got to keep our sense of humor. <laughs> we do. We do. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. what else do we have left? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Great. All right. Well, thanks again for being with us today. And uh, everybody out there who's listening, thanks for making time and stay safe. Wash your hands, all that good stuff. 
keep practicing social distancing, and uh, we will see you for the next part in the Surviving Crisis series. Thank you, Dr. Lassine. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Hey, Mom, what's for dinner? Well, that's my cue to wrap things up. We may be on lockdown, but that doesn't mean we stop eating, right? Who knew that needing to have an answer for that question every day for the rest of our lives would be so stressful? Well, here at the Caffeine Chronicles podcast, I'm all about hitting the easy button. So I'll be sharing some of my favorite easy-peasy weeknight dinner recipes at the end of each show to help you get your crew fed and out the door. Or, in this case, get them fed and back on the couch. So today's recipe comes from girlheartfood.com, which is run by a fellow Canadian who, like me, has her own love story going on with food. I firmly believe that every meal tells a story, and many of us are raised to show our love for our families through the foods we prepare for them. My way of showing my affection for you is by sharing my collection of recipes that I've come across that offer great taste and are low in the kitchen labor department. So today I am posting up this delicious recipe for cheesy ground beef quesadillas. Mm-mm-mm. Anyone looking for more great dinner ideas should absolutely check out girlheartfood.com. And anyone wanting to peruse my recipes that have made it onto my own shortlist should check out my recipe box in the Storyteller's Kitchen. That's the place where I keep all the tasty things on my website, thestorytellerspage.com. Stop by for a quick visit, scoop up my free PDF of Top 10 Weeknight Express Recipes, and snag a free chapter of my book, You Are Here, The Struggling Woman's Guide to Reclaiming Happiness. Okay, friends, thanks for joining me today. All those links for recipes and great mental health resources will be found in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. And don't forget to subscribe to the Caffeine Chronicles so you don't miss an episode and all the free goodies that come with it. And hey, if you have a minute to leave something flattering to say about the show in the comments section, that is always appreciated. Tune in for our next episode on finding creative solutions for maintaining physical fitness during isolation. Until next time, stay safe, wash your hands, we'll see you later.